Welcome to the Church Fam Podcast, presented to you by Highland College Ministry in Waco, Texas. My name is Drew Humphrey, and I'm the college pastor here at Highland. If you like this podcast and want to keep up with us, go ahead and hit subscribe or follow so that these episodes can be delivered directly to your phone each week. We've got a great episode planned today, so let's jump right in. Hey, what's up? I'm Erica Carr. I am on the leadership team here at Highland College Ministry. I'm also uh, the leader of an all-girls CG and most recently am interning with the Church Fan Podcast. Uh, I'm really excited to be joined today by two of my fellow college ministry leaders, if y'all want to shout yourselves out. Uh, What's up, guys? My name is Emma Jean. Um, I'm a junior at Baylor, and I'm also the girls' associate for the college ministry. Yeah, um, my name is Elliot. I'm a senior at Baylor this year, and I'm a CG leader and on the college leadership team. Nice. Well, thanks for coming today to chat with us. Um, So just to catch everyone up with where we're at, on September 2nd, Drew preached a sermon at our call tonight called Torn, where he talked about King Zedekiah, who sat on this fence of trying to decide between what his friends thought he should do and uh, what the Lord's will and plan for the nation of Israel was. And if you missed college night, um, or if maybe you need a refresher, you can actually find that sermon on our church fan podcast. So just close this episode for now, go listen to that. We also have a part one conversation where we kind of open up maybe some of what was talked about at tables or more things that the Lord had to tell us from this passage. Um, So also make sure to listen to that episode as well. Lots of great things said. One of the incredible things that stood out to me from college night was this quote that Drew kind of ended with, on your own, you won't be able to jump off the fence. At best, you'll flirt with faithfulness. I don't know how y'all feel about flirting, but I really hate it because like, (laughs) I hate flirting and I hate being flirted with because it's this like, these dual emotions. Like I want you to like me, but also I kind of am like being mean to you because I don't want you to like me too much. This like weird game where like I'm undecided on like, I, like, I have these divided emotions about how, like, I want to feel about you and how I want you to feel about me. And I feel like a lot of times, like Drew was saying, we, like, flirt with our relationship with Christ <laughs> in that way. I was kind of reflecting on King Zedekiah and Drew's message. And um, one thing that, one parallel that I, that God kind of brought me to is the parallel sort of contrast between King Zedekiah and uh, Joshua, who is a lot earlier in the, New, in the Old Testament, I'm sorry, um, and just seeing some of the things that, um, we talked about with King Zedekiah how he was torn and how I think Joshua provides us a good example of on the other side how we can mm-hmm. balance that. And so one thing um, is we talked about uh, Zedekiah's sort of passivity over, uh, over wrongdoing and that he sort of rolled over when, um, when his officers threw Jeremiah into jail and said, oh, I'm not going to do anything. I'll just stand out of the way. And um, we don't see Joshua do that, but rather in um, in Joshua's time, we see him when the nation of Israel uh, turns away from God. Joshua, we see him on his knees and tearing his clothes even. And so I think it's very much a contrast of rather than being torn and trying to people please, Joshua um, is just lamenting. And we see other examples in his life that um, whereas Zedekiah, we see um, a lot torn between his human desires and wanting to um, please please others and just not having a consistent um, message of truth. Joshua, if you read the entire narrative, the entire time, Joshua's main point of emphasis is, hey, let's look back to the law of Moses. Let's look back to what God has done. Let's look forward to um, the covenant that God has with us and <laughs> what God is going to do. And so I think that's an example of 
where we see King Zedekiah uh, being torn, not really knowing who he is, what he's doing, and trying to please everyone. We see Joshua, on the other hand, um, being consistently faithful and consistently pointing back to Moses, back to the Lord, and, um, and remaining faithful uh, in his days rather than kind of jumping back and forth and trying to please whoever he's around. So Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's good to like parallel this divided versus decided imaging. Where are places like in our lives that we're more divided and how can we choose to be decided in those times? How can we go from living a life that's divided to living a life that's wholly focused on God? Yeah, totally. Um, I think just the big thing with choosing to be divided versus decided is, gosh, are we letting the Lord transform our life fully? Um, Or are we just giving him our best, like our our weekends, our Sunday mornings, or Wednesday night churches? Or are we giving him 24-7 every day, every month of the year? Um, And I think that's to a lot of Christians, I think that's an obvious answer of, of course we are, but we're, we live in a culture like specifically um, the cultural Christianity of Waco, as well as just the fickleness of college students, I think is just quite literally something that we cannot shake is the idea that maybe there is something greater than the Lord out there. But time and time again, when we just um, run empty on what the world has to offer to us, we get to these come to Jesus moments, what a lot of people call them, where we're like, God, how can we forget about you, and how can we forget about um, your faithfulness? And that just reminds me, kind of just speaking of the Israelites, is just um, when they were wandering in the desert, when the Lord had just provided day in and day out manna for them every morning, and they tried to um, store it up overnight. And the next morning when they would come um, and open their tents, it would be moldy and really gross. Um, And I think that's just such a lesson for us is like, we just try to hoard up our good deeds and we try to hoard up our Christianity because we're afraid with the scarcity mindset that the Lord isn't going to provide for us. But I challenge you to think, when is the time that the Lord has left you? Um, and I think a lot of times it might feel like he has because maybe he is, is distant, um, but he really is closer than a brother and um, he's quite literally gone before you. And I think the hardest times that I've gone through, I just sometimes find myself in the selfish mindset of asking the Lord, where are you? And he is literally so gentle and he's so slow to anger um, in the way that he is just reminding me, like, um, my child, like, I am with you and I will never leave or forsake you. And that's something that I think just a lot of the reason we can't understand it is because um, we can't think like God and we aren't God, but the Lord is um, slow to anger in the way that he is patient with us and abounding in love. Um, And yeah, I just think that deciding to be decided um, is a lot easier said than done. And when you're in a really awesome walk, a really awesome place in your walk with the Lord, it's something that you just want to proclaim all over social media, all over Instagram, all over um, just your relationships uh, with friends and stuff like that. But when you're just going through hard times, it's so easy to play the victim mentality of, God, where were you? God, where were you? And he is so slow to anger, like I've already said in the way that he is just reminding his children day in and day out, like, I have not left you. You're the one who's left me. Um, and he's abounding in love. And and I just think that's a really beautiful reminder. No, yeah, like God's will for our lives is to follow him and to love him and to know him, like you were saying. And I think like when we're fully decided on God, that means we're like, f- we fully know his will for our lives. And so to combat that, I think we have to like step back and ask our, ask ourselves, who are we following? Like, who are we, whose will are we following? Are we following our own or are we following God's 
Um, what are some places in our life where we're following our own will versus following God's will? What are, and how do we tear those down? Yeah, great question. Um, places in our life that we're following our own will, I think, is what um, emotionally, in the sense where a lot of times I find myself being guilty of an emotional faith, where if something doesn't feel right or maybe I'm upset, then it's easy to play the victim mentality of like, oh, I'm just going to follow my own will and then ask for the Lord's help when it's convenient for me. But really, I need to confess of that sin of the fact that I'm just so incredibly dependent on myself. And um, because I think our culture does applaud and does really encourage just independence. And I think that while being independent is not necessarily a bad thing at its core, it does pull away from being dependent on the Lord. Um, And for me personally, that is just um, a big example for me. Yeah, something in my own life that I've kind of been realizing over the last couple months is um, in my relationships. It's sometimes so easy for me to follow my own will. And being a senior now, like I've been at Baylor for a little bit and so have these established friendships and sometimes get into the mindset of, man, I have these friendships already. I don't really want to make new friends or reach out to these new people who are maybe just coming to Highland or Mm -hmm. um, I see on campus. And that's something that I've been struggling with, but kind of setting my heart and yeah, it's easier for me to um, stay in these old friendships and not to branch out at all, but it's also God's will for me to be a part of the church and reaching out to these people who uh, maybe aren't a part of a church or don't have a community at Baylor yet. And so that's been something, um, a small thing um, that's kind of a big thing in my own life that it's sometimes easy to remain complacent in the relationships and friendships that are easy, that are established, that have been consistent and strong a long time and um, not allow myself to um, to actively love people that um, <laughs> that maybe aren't loved and that maybe need a friend that um, I can be that friend for in this moment. Absolutely. And Imogene, earlier you talked about um, cultural Christianity in Waco, I think especially um, just like in the Bible Belt in general, that's something that we deal with. Mm-hmm. And I was talking to my table at college night about um, someone who brought up cultural Christianity. How do we break free from that? How do we break free from being divided between wanting to like yeah. please people by living a Christian life versus mm-hmm. truly having a relationship with Christ? Like what's that yeah. Like, um, I think cultural Christianity is um, something that people talk about a lot, but not necessarily something people act on. Um, and you can read as many theological books as you want. Um, you can be a religion major like me, or you can work for your church also like me, and you can still battle um, what it means to just be complacent in your faith. And I think that it's not gonna. It's not an achiever. It's not an achiever mentality. And I think one thing that sets apart Christianity from any other religion is. Well, a lot of things, but just the fact that striving is not what the Lord is looking for. He's not looking for you to just go to church more and go um, to be a religion major, go to a Baptist university and the Bible Belt have, what's the number of churches in Waco? It's something crazy. It's like over 300 churches, something crazy like that. And I just think that is just so telling of people are people are looking for security and people are looking for something that's bigger than themselves, but they can't get out of themselves enough to see it. And I think that is really telling of just honestly, just um, the pandemic of our hearts. And I know that's a hot word right now, but I think that is a great, I just think that's a great word to describe what cultural Christianity does to us. It, It eats us out from the inside. And I know that sounds really dramatic, but I think that the more you tell yourself you're comfortable in your faith, the more, um, your faith just becomes like 
sifting soil, like that one parable where it's if you build your house on um, sand, it's just gonna it's just gonna fall apart. But you gotta build your house on good soil because um, when the hard times come, that's when we don't shift, and that's when we are able to be sturdy. And um, I just think cultural Christianity is something that, gosh, people love to talk about, um, and it should be talked about, but it also should be acted on because the Lord delights in obedience, um, not necessarily sitting around with a bunch of biblical scholars talking about what's new in the world and what people 500 years ago um, talked about and what people 500 years ahead talk about. And I think that is a danger of um, Baylor, and I think that's a danger of um, potential danger of the church and potential danger of seminary, but I'm not bashing on seminary. I'll probably go, so <laughs> joke's on me. But um, I just think that's something that is potentially really dangerous, and so it's it's important to have proper posture before the Lord when you discuss stuff like that. No, absolutely. Like seeking humility in everything that we do uh, with our walk with Christ is really important. One of the things that um, I get really caught up on is I love to serve within the church. Like I was saying earlier, I'm like on LT. I like have a CG. I work at the podcast. I do mission trips. Like I love to be involved in the middle of the action and see how God's moving. But when I'm trying to please people too much, this becomes an idol in mm. my life. And I'm idolizing these yeah. acts of service over who these services, like who these acts of service are glorifying. Um, and so I just have to like constantly remind myself, like I have to be humble before God. I have to be humble before myself and before others, because if I'm not, I'm going to get caught up in this culture of checking like boxes off of a list rather than doing what I can to grow the kingdom of God and like praise his name above all the nations. Yeah. Um, so something that Drew talked about in his message that I think kind of relates to this is um, looking at verse 38, or I'm sorry, chapter 38, um, where the officers kind of bring Jeremiah to Zedekiah and they're like, hey, look at this guy. Like he's done all these things. He's ruined our morale. Let's throw him in jail. And Zedekiah is just kind of like, yes, okay, let's do that. Sounds great. And says, even says, oh, the king, king can't do anything against you. Mm-hmm. And um, I think that we kind of get into that, um, get into that same mindset, kind of thinking of cr- cultural Christianity of taking someone's words as they are, like, mm. "Hey, let's go do this," or "Hey, what do you think about this?" and just saying, "Hey, I mean, you're a Christian. We're all Christians around here. Let's do it." Rather than um, kind of taking time and um, sitting with the Lord and really knowing who He is, we kind of take words for granted and think, "Oh man, if this person says it, it's true," or "If this person suggested this, then I should do it." And um, I think that's something I, I struggle with sometimes. And um, living at Baylor, just assuming that, man, all these people are so awesome. Like, whatever they say, let's do it. Rather than um, kind of taking time to sit and be in the Word and say, man, who is God really? And is this person um, or their words, are my words even matching up with what the Word says? And hmm. Elliot, you opened this conversation today by bringing up Joshua and how he was just fully and completely focused on God he was always constantly looking to his promises so much so that when he saw the brokenness of Israel, instead of leaning into it at times like Zedekiah did, he was broken himself about it and Mm. lamented over it. What are some changes that we can make in our lives to be more like Joshua? Like what are ways that we can keep God's promises in mind practically? When I wake up in the morning, I'm going to do these things. What advice do y'all have? Man, something for me, something that, um, I've been praying that would be true of my own life is to be like Joshua and having such a humble mindset of this guy. 
um, was he followed Moses. Like he um, was right after Moses died, Joshua was kind of the next up in line. And so he was very highly regarded and yet still um, remained humble. And in everything that he did, he would point to the Lord and say, Mm. look to the law, look what it says about God, look at this covenant. And um, just a reminder to me of no matter how um, cool or awesome I think I am or how um, successful I am, I'm never going to um, live up to the glory of God. And I um, the humility of Joshua and being in the high places that he was, and just comparing that to my own life of, man, how often do I focus more on myself than I do on God's covenant with us? And just living in mindset every day of, yeah, of trying to set my heart so that it is um, focused on him and, uh, and the church and his covenant and what, what will come, what he has done. Um, just that mindset that Joshua is in is something that um, I pray that would be telling and true of my life and the lives of people at Highland and at Baylor and Waco. Absolutely. Yeah, that's great. Um, and I mean, we're in the book of Jeremiah, but I think it's so important to point everything in the Old Testament to the New Testament and the coming of Jesus. And I think that is the beauty of scripture is that just the biblical narrative of that it all ties together. And I couldn't help um, but think about First John 2, 6, uh, whoever claims to live in him must walk as Jesus did. That was actually the first scripture I ever memorized. And I just think that's really beautiful scripture because it talks about um, how we really do become decided versus divided in the sense that um, if we claim to, if we claim to walk with the Lord, like we need to follow him and his precepts and we cannot confuse other people because what a shame um, it would be to the Lord and to be a representative of Christ if we claim to live in him, but we don't walk as he did. And so I just think that's a really cool reminder of um, practically, like how we become decided is that, first of all, we need um, to make that decision in our hearts. And I think that's a super ambiguous phrase and people are like, that didn't help at all. But you need to have a come Jesus moment with yourself, maybe with other people and maybe seek wise counsel is, do I really want a relationship with the Lord? Um, And I think that the Lord is, is um, like I said earlier, slow to anger, and he is patient and abounding in love, and he's going to reveal himself to you at the proper time for you to just come to repentance about that. And I think that's the beautiful thing about the cross is that, um, like Luke 9, 23, we should take up our cross daily and follow him. Um, and his burden is light, and I think that's just a beautiful just reminder of what it means to be decided is that um, the burden is light, but Honestly, there's, there's a lot of stuff that's going to come that is going to hit you hard. And um, that's why we need to be decided so that when hard stuff comes, then it will be so much easier to just, as David says in every psalm he writes, that he trusts in, trust in you even when um, horrible stuff is happening, even when there's a pandemic, even when your parents get divorced, even when you fail out of, um, out of school and just anything anything of that matter, when crazy stuff happens that um, we remember that the Lord asks for our obedience and nothing else. And honestly, everything else is going to fall into place if we just decide to give our obedience to the Lord. Well, we're going to close it out on that. Um, Emma Jean, Elliot, thank you so much for joining us today uh, on the Church Fan Podcast. Uh, We just want to let you guys know a couple ways that you can keep up to date with what's happening at Highland and what's happening in the college ministry. We do have our college nights every month. Our next one will be coming up on Tuesday, October 6th. 
Also, week to week, we want you to be plugged in at Highland. We want to see you at our gatherings. We have one at 840, 10 o'clock, and 1120. So you can come at any of those times to hear an incredible word from our pastor, John Durham. We also have tons and tons of CGs. You can find out more information about that um, by checking out our social media pages where we're constantly posting updates and keeping you up to date with what's going on in the college ministry. Thanks for joining us on the Church Fam Podcast with this special series called the Digging Deeper Series. We're so glad that you are with us today. We want to stay connected to you. If you like this podcast, make sure that you click follow or subscribe on your podcast app so that it'll come straight to your phone every time we upload a new episode. We also post a lot on Instagram to keep up with the Church Fam. Make sure they know what's going on. So if you want to follow us at HighlandCM on Instagram, that will make sure that you're always in the know about what's going on in our ministry. We're so glad that you joined us. Hope to see you on a Sunday morning with our whole church family. We hope that you can join us at the next college night or that you're jumping into a CG. Whatever it is, we want to be connected to one another. Love you, church family.